American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club, hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined by Ryan following Everton's 2-2 draw against Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby. Of course, we will give you our match reaction, talk a lot in detail about what was a chaotic, hectic, uh, violent at times match. But before we get into all of that, we did have an announcement. If you're on the Discord, if you're on Twitter, you've probably already seen, but Alex has decided to take a step back from the show. Um, I did want to just read his statement. That is his his words, in fact. So uh, he said, I'm taking an indefinite break from ATP. He sincerely appreciates the community that we've all built together. Everyone you know, from us doing the show to you guys participating and interacting with us. Um, I know James and Ryan will continue to carry on in the, the spirit of ATP. I do intend on hanging around in the discord as an eager community member and look forward to chatting soon up the American toffees. So Alex uh, won't be on the show for an indefinite amount of time. Um, and some conversations with Ryan and I just seemed like something that he needed to do for himself, which I completely respect and uh, admire and, and wish him all the best of having done the show with Alex now for two plus years. He's come to be a really good friend of mine. There would be no American Toffee podcast if it weren't for Alex treading or blazing the trail rather himself doing it alone for several months before I uh, he, he graciously allowed me to join him as a co-host. So, you know, huge amount of respect to what he was able to do. And, and I have only fond memories of what we've done together. And, and hopefully, at some point in the future, he'll he'll be in a better place and see fit to to return to the show. But until then, Ryan and I are gonna do our best to hold down the fort. Ryan, any thoughts to add? Well, I mean, for the listeners, I mean, we we've talked about this a lot. Alex has been forthcoming, and and, and the dialogue's been really yeah. good. Obviously, Alex is our is our friend. You know, he's not just a co-host. Um, yeah. If you all remember how honored I was to be invited into the podcast, uh, I still feel that way, and I owe Alex a lot. I mean, Alex, I know you're listening, buddy. So, um, you know, we miss you already. It's going to be hard. Uh, I am I get it, though. I think we all get it. Alex is a total pro. Yeah. Uh, his priorities are straight for sure. And we have nothing but respect for him. And and we recognize it's it's uh, it's something, too, that there's some changes, I think, that that we need to make in terms of how we do this. I think a lot of people don't, maybe don't realize what goes into it. A lot does. And it's, it's hard to strike that balance too. You know, everyone struggles with it. We're, we're on one hand, we're so passionate about Everton and we really feel like building the community much of what Alex has been doing is a big responsibility and we're going to carry that torch, you know, but it's, it's got to be fun too. And some of it isn't, but I think our enthusiasm on the air has not been questioned and, and, and I know that will continue, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. You know, it's tough. I mean, there's so much more I, I, I kind of want to say, but I'm not going to beat it necessarily into the ground. But I'm, I'm very hopeful that um, this all kind of ends ends well. And I, I'm an opt- optimistic person in general, and and I believe it. I believe it will. And, and look, man, you know, he's our brother. So, I mean, Alex, you know, if, yes. if he says he's got to do something and he does and we totally understand it, we support him 100 percent. No doubt. I am in full agreement with that. All the best to Alex. And it's going to be weird, but 
nonetheless, we we forge on, we continue. And with that, let's get into the Derby post-match, Ryan. 2-2 draw, wild match. Everton went down twice only to come back, fight back to end, obviously. Level uh, and split the points, one each with, with Liverpool. Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets on the score sheet. Again, can't stop scoring. He's a machine. From Alan Myers, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is the first player to score in each of Everton's first five league games in a season since Tommy Lawton in 1938-39. All of these records that have been set or reset by Everton in the first eight or nine matches of the campaign, I guess, uh, are, are staggering. You know, cent- things that have, that have stood for centuries were just kind of ticking them off one by one, week by week. With that said, let's get into things here. The lineup drops, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I was up and at it, ready to go, fired yep. up. And we saw the lineup, I think, we all really expected as far as starters. And then uh, Ben Godfrey, of course, ends up on the bench and he'd eventually make his Everton debut. Yeah, I think I was more uh, not surprised about that. We we talked about, you know, on the Discord and 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 on the last pod about whether you go with Andre or Gilfie. I think Andre was the right choice pre-match. We'll talk about his performance later. <laughs> I was actually more intrigued at Liverpool's lineup, actually. Um, Tiago coming into the side, uh, Fabinho and Henderson, I, I thought that was an opportunity for us. I kind of looked at those guys and I figured Tiago would sit deep a little bit. I, I thought that might be an opportunity for us to kind of get an edge in midfield um, and we'll get into it, but that wasn't wasn't really wasn't really the case, I guess. I mean, James, I, I don't think we were surprised at their lineup. Who knew Godfrey would play a role, though? That you know, I mean, right. yeah, I guess that's how it is, right? I, you, you know, half the time you look at your bench, and there aren't that many bench positions in in the English Premier League compared to some other leagues. So um, you've got to pick people, and, and it's nice that we have some people that can play different positions. But I think going forward, you look at it and you think, you know, maybe we're a player or two not good enough if we don't have the lead or mm. things aren't going our well, we had some attacking options, but maybe not enough the other way. I mean, that's my initial thought. Yeah. I think that that's fair. You know, of course with, with a few injuries still lingering around the squad, interesting to see Olsen also on the bench as yeah. well as back up to Jordan Pickford, though, not totally surprising. And of course he didn't end up needing to feature, but yeah, I mean, looking at the lineups, a, you know, I feel like it's been, a decent amount of time since Liverpool have really fielded their A team more or less against us. It seems like in a lot of context when we're facing them in the cup or in the league where they have Champions League fixtures to contend with, other cup fixtures, et cetera, they have to kind of rotate the squad a little bit. And this was this was probably the best lineup they could have played. And so with that, I was a little bit nervous knowing that they are, as much as we might hate it, the best team in England currently. Uh, so I, I was nervous and, and rightfully so, cause right when the match kicks off, uh, they came out firing on all cylinders. Their passing was incredibly crisp, their movement, very fluid. They looked like they just, they, they looked far, far different from the side that lost seven, two to Aston Villa. I think that's fair to say at the very least. Yeah. Their, their speed and the ball movement and speed of the ball was, was unbelievable. And I mean, we were out of sorts. I, I thought we got too almost expansive early, you know, rushing out at them to try and win the ball and being played behind. Um, it was very disappointing. I thought we were out of sorts. I will say this. I think we nailed the setup based on, you know, what we expected from the last pod. I mean, you saw Hamas tucking in. Yeah. Seamus was clearly on Mane like we thought he would be. Allen was sitting deep, kind of right in the middle. I, I, 
you know, there was space behind Robertson the whole match, of course, and you could see his floating DCL out there a couple different times. Um, but I, I think what was disappointing, as as we saw early, is we couldn't keep the ball. There was too much space between our lines. It was too easy for their midfield yeah. to play through. And 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 the thing is, too, with Tiago in there, he, he's a different player. His dynamic is important for them. He was spraying balls right and left. So suddenly they could move the ball quickly wide into those dangerous spaces and get their fullbacks up farther. And look, even when we did win the ball or they had a bad shot because they missed some chances, we didn't do well with the ball showing composure, playing the long ball over Robertson's back and finding either the wide space or the channel because that's that's where Villa hit him the whole time. You know, they would they, they right. would put it over the top and then they'd play it through that left channel that was open, pulling Virgil van Dyke away. We we just we didn't show the composure or the the positional discipline to to win the ball back and, and do that. And that was frustrating. I mean, we just seemed like we were totally out of sorts and their speed and their passing precision just totally unsettled us. And sure enough, you know, early, non-surprisingly, unfortunately, you know, they, they struck first and it was, it was a pretty clinical, clinical goal. I have to admit some mistakes on our end that I think were typical of the first 20 minutes. Yeah. So we obviously had, uh, it was the most solid plays a, a ball down the left-hand side from the middle across. It looks like Mane initially gets a flick on it, but upon replay, it actually goes over his head just slightly, falls to to Robertson. Seamus tries to close him down pretty aggressively and actually almost makes the block because he does get a piece of the ball, but not enough to really stop Robertson from storming by him. Uh, Robertson gets in and he he makes a cross. Mane, clinical, one time, smashes it home. I mean, it's a good finish. Both their goals were good in, in their defense, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, and we're down right off the bat. And that, of course, be, it being Liverpool, doesn't fill any of uh, us supporters with confidence. And as you said, Ryan, like throughout the first quarter of the game, we really kind of struggled with the, with the pace of it, with retaining possession. I mean, the midfield throughout the entire match was really kind of poor. I mean, anonymous or bad. And then, you know, the first major event besides the goal, just two short minutes later, was a Fabinho lob on the far post for Virgil van Dyke. Pickford with, I, I'm curious to hear what your take <laughs> is on it, Ryan, yeah. but looking at the replay, like there's the three seconds where he makes the challenge. One of the more shocking challenges I've seen. And, but then looking at the, the replay again, from certain angles, you can see Pickford is trying to play the ball. His eye is on the ball the entire time, but he like scissor kicks Van Dyke right on his standing leg and Van Dyke goes down reports emerging this afternoon that it looks like he may have done his ACL. So seven to eight months, not something you ever, ever like to see. And it was really kind of irresponsible on Pickford's end. Yeah, we we're just it's just typical how we started out. You know, Seamus rushes out at Mane, which was a, a mistake, you know, and, and you saw Mane find space in it. You know, they just took advantage of it in that example. Same thing. Jordan hesitated, man. What, he can't do that. He has to be decisive on that play. Either come out and get it or don't. You know, and, and it was a decent cross to get away from the keeper, but I, he's got to jump all over that. He hesitated. He didn't come out at first. You know, at first I just thought, God, it was so terrible, such a bad play. And then I saw a couple times in the replay and and I had no intent to go in and really rip him. I think he just kind of like a lot of keepers do. You kind of flail out there when you're kind of out in no man's land. Right. Yeah, it's just a shame. You know, I, 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 I mean, it's Liverpool, so how bad can you feel? But I mean, you got to feel bad for a player who truly is a great defender and a big part of their team. 
it's yeah. I mean, that's a shame, you know, I, and I really I mean, Jordan did seem like he was kind of upset about it, um, which for him was kind of a shocking reaction. It's just befitting mm-hmm. how the match went, really, I think, in the early on. And yeah, it sounds like he's out. I mean, if that's that's probably the season for him. Obviously, that is a huge blow to that Liverpool side that really are not the same when he's out of there. You know, I mean, he is their quarterback there. Now, fortunately for them, too, I mean, they have a lot of matches between then and now. But again, we talked about how soon the window is. You got to believe they're going to do something. But I would have thought at that point, maybe we would have settled down a little bit. But uh, it just it didn't seem like we did. Um, but then, you know, sure enough, we uh, we did get, you know, a, a nice little run by Dom and and a shot. And won ourselves a corner. And and the one thing we talked about is, and, and we'll talk about a little bit later in terms of summary, although this maybe isn't the best center back pairing, uh, especially against a quick front three, like these guys who really move a lot, they are nasty on set pieces. I mean, no one wants to deal with that. You tack in DCL. And I mean, th- we are very dangerous and effective on set pieces. And sure enough, what happened, you've got James who can really serve a ball and you know, it's very similar to the goal that Pickford conceded earlier in the season. I think it was against Palace where it's a reaction save and maybe he could have done better. But really, when a, when a guy that big hammers the ball that hard, even to put your hand on it, it's going to go in. And sure enough, bang, 1-1. One, one. And I, I don't know about you, but I felt like, geez, how the heck is this 1-1, one, one, you know? <laughs> I, I had the exact same thought. But again, it, it shows the resolve and the fight in this Everton team that we've seen kind of yeah, it does. upstart or change this season where, again, a, a team, an Everton team under Marco Silva or, or Sam Allardyce or anyone, I apologize dude, for saying his name. Dude, we have talked uh, <laughs> about this. You know, this is, ah, man. We got better times. Better times now, Ryan. Better times. The man whose name we should uh, not be uttered on. can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> but but it's true like the ability to to fight back and have that genuine belief that you can score and and put yourself back in games is something that's been absent and michael Keane, like you said dangerous on set pieces he seems to be scoring for fun off of them at the moment which i'm all for uh and it is a nice header and and to your point adrian adrian could have done better but at the same time it's it's a difficult save because it's so well hit yeah and we're level on on 20 minutes and at that point, yeah, it was like, how how is this happening? Uh, and they continued to pressure us throughout the entire match. I mean, they were regularly creating dangerous chances, and the execution on their end was rather poor, fortunately for us. Uh, but at the same time, just a few short minutes later in the 25th, Trent Alexander-Arnold takes a free kick, and Jordan Pickford comes out with a, a fantastic save because if you watch it, the little touch that they they put on it before he takes the free kick is interesting and allows him to kind of hit it at a different angle at the wall. Pickford gets over very well, reads it well. And for all his faults on the, on the Van Dyke challenge, he does, he had a couple of really, really vital saves for us today. Yeah. I mean, he kind of cheated a little bit, but you know, he saw what he saw, you know, he's a right footer and he saw the angle, he saw his hips and he went for it. It was impressive. Um, I, I, you know, I'd be remiss to say and mention the foul that led to it. A lot of people said Mane dove. I'm sure he dove. He drives all the time. I mean, this oh. just in. I mean, and, and look, here, here here it is, guys. This is the Premier League. They don't punish the diving. So that garbage that Graham Sunis came out with about, oh, you know, we don't appreciate, you know, like the Latin culture garbage. What are you talking about, man? I mean, that this league, they let it happen. So, but it doesn't change the fact that Andre still high kicked. So even if he doesn't hit him, it's a foul. And and frankly, it was Andre had just such a terrible first 25 minutes. He had, I think, two giveaways in that time. 
eventually finished, you know, the game with four fouls. And that one was a te- why that is not necessary to do. He wasn't going to do anything with that ball. And um, but it was a great save. You know, I, I second he lined that up. I mean, that is such a dangerous place to take a free kick in. Um, so how we were weathering the storm at this point, I think, was was fortunate, of course. And then things go from not so good, lucky to be one one to even worse. You know, Seamus and a big part of our tactic and, and I think Carlos tactics all along on how to neutralize Sadio Mane, who's just so dangerous, was Coleman, you know, matching his quickness a little bit and kind of, you know, he bottled him in the last match. He goes down and sure enough. What could not have been planned is Ben Godfrey coming and making his Everton <laughs> premiere 31 minutes into into the Merseyside Derby, playing right back, uh, something he hasn't played a lot of in the past. And um, yeah, we fared OK. Uh, I mean, all things considered, in many ways, you know, his his assignment was maybe more more simplistic, you know, just to kind of carry him around. Although if you really start to look at tactics and how they set up, Mane moved a lot more over to the right than I think he had previously. They were overloading the right, even if most of their attack came down the left successfully. Yeah. And Ben Godfrey did okay. You know, you saw some hints of him. You saw some of the athleticism. You saw the ball handling. It was pretty well. We'll talk about the disallowed goal later. But, you know, we just kind of hung in there. And uh, really, I mean, weathered the storm until the end of the half when, again, another foul where it's unbelievable how I, I don't know how there weren't more yellow cards up to that point or at least more thoughts getting in to giving a yellow card and Hamas gets yellow yeah. card for, I mean, just a tackle, frankly, on the box that Mane was going down before he even hit him. So I, I don't understand that one at all either. Thankfully, I think that was the one where Trent tried to shoot it right instead of cross it. Yep. And just put it yep. left tricky play. And, and sure enough, we're in half and it's one, one. And I, I think we all had to be sitting there thinking like, how is this one, one? Like we, we really, we're certainly fortunate. I think at that point to be one, one and a half. Yeah, most definitely. And, and going back to talking about Seamus coming off, uh, a shout out Scouse Blue for <laughs> the Ben Godfrey right back shout. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you, but you, but you're right. Like he definitely limits the the tactic that Carlo was was trying to employ there. Not he he's quick and actually I thought Godfrey looked really good all things considered playing out of position. He looked aggressive bringing the ball forward. Yep. Uh, as you are said, Ryan. Um, so the things that we know he does well, he did well, and he didn't play. I think he played within himself. He didn't try to do too much. He understood kind of the context and what the job was that needed to be done. And he did it as well as I think he possibly could have given the circumstances. So going into half 1-1, again, fortunate for us, probably Liverpool felt very unlucky. But then coming out in the second half, I thought things started off a lot more positive. Uh, I don't think Liverpool were quite as aggressive with their press, and therefore we had a little bit more freedom to move the ball around. Someone we haven't mentioned yet, Ducore, I thought was pretty anonymous for most of the match. Andre Gomez, borderline bad at a lot of times. But even those players, for those brief spurts at the beginning of the second half, started to string passes together. We started to create chances. We had Richarlison with a fantastic chance. Dominic Calvert-Lewin had another really good one. The, the Richarlison one was the one that hit the post. So we started to grow into the game. We started to grow in confidence, and it felt like, okay, maybe we can we can snatch this one. Yeah, it's funny. You know, DeCorey had a couple moments where he just overpowered guys, and his athleticism was appreciated. But if you, if you don't have the discipline to go with the athleticism, it doesn't matter. And I mean, look, at halftime, what was the number I think we saw? I think it was we were dispossessed seven times. They were dispossessed once. <sighs> you know, that's not good. I mean, Allen with a couple of fouls, too. Yeah, we're chasing, chasing the whole time. And 
And then you saw a little bit of, you know, we just showed a little more moxie. I mean, I remember early in the second half when there was that moment where they were kind of racing back on a counter and, you know, Yeri kind of shoved Robertson over. And then, of course, he put his studs in the back of Allen, which I, I'm telling you right now, when that first happened, I thought immediate red. I, I, I don't understand that at all. I, did he even get a yellow for that? No, I don't think so. I think the ref totally missed it, which is appalling because, yeah, that's a straight red nine, ten times out of ten. In my I mean, it went to VAR, I thought. If it didn't, that's just an absolute joke. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Richarlison, God, you know, James has those moments. You know what I mean? The cross. And, you know, the other thing about Richarlison, too, you know, Trent Alexander-Armour grabbed his jersey from behind. Now, yes. I, I mean, what do you do there, though? I mean, do you go down? I mean, it wasn't that hard a tug. If you felt it, maybe you went down. I mean, I unfortunately, Richarlison just made a lot of bad decisions today in general. I, I don't know if we can really hold him to that one. I mean, and plus he hit the post. But yeah, I mean, it looked like, wow, you know, we may if that goes in. I mean, that's a very different game, you know, suddenly, because I thought some of our problem is that we were too expansive. Like if that goes in and we suddenly take a lead in this match and they got to play at us, I, I think it's a very different game. Would we have deserved the 2-1 lead? No, maybe not. But it was nice to see the fight coming back. Um, and it was pretty even up to that point. And then I think, you know, I, I think you saw Andre tiring and maybe not, you know, he missed a bunch of passes and he got that yellow. And, and I thought immediately, I was like, look, Andre yeah. does not have the discipline to play with the yellow in this match. Um, and I was hoping, you know, sub him off, sub him off. And then sure enough, you know, what was it? it was Henderson's cross, I think. Yeah, Henderson cross and then... Amina attempt at a clearance. He he has to make he tries to make contact with it. He has to. He's kind of leaning away. I think he hits it with the outside of his foot. Yeah. It ends up going right to Mosala. I mean, it's it's a great one touch finish with his left foot. Nothing Pickford can do about that. Nope. Any day of the week, that's a goal. Yeah, he so nails, again he nails it. I think the expected goals on that was like under point you know one. So it, it's not something yeah. that people nail. And look, I defended Yeri initially when I first saw it because I thought the ball was behind him. And sometimes if you're behind, if the ball's behind you and you're running back at the goal, I mean you can't expect a guy his size. And you know, again, right. I'm I'm relating to myself being a big grok <laughs> myself. He's clearly more athletic than me. Trying to make that turn, but that that really wasn't the case. I, I think it was one of those things where he decided that's what he was going to do. I think he probably out of his peripheral vision saw that it was all blue shirts. Didn't see Salah. I don't know why Mo kind of pulled up to, which is kind of odd, but made the decision. And the second he did it, he saw the ball going to Salah. You could see him jerk at it. I mean, it was a it was a bad mistake. It it was it was um it wasn't that. I mean, he hit the ball with a little bit of force. You know, it wasn't like he totally whiffed on it or anything. And it was no. you know, totally unfortunate for us that it fell right to Salah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to do better. The better decision would have been just to pl plaster it in, in the twentieth roll row. And I mean, at that point, I thought, God, this is this isn't good. You know, and and then and then we had obviously, you know, it kind of went back and forth a little bit, and they won a corner. And let me tell you what, Jordan Pickford, who we deserve. You know, looked a little shaky early. Boy, I, I mean, he really settled in and did a heck of a job. I mean, that save. I mean, James, we were talking off the pod and you're saying, man, that thing was so critical. It was vital. It was a vital save. Obviously, if we go down 3-1, there's absolutely zero chance we end up taking a point from this match. And yeah, we, we have slated Pickford. We've talked about his shortcomings. But today, as a shot stopper, he did a pretty decent job considering Liverpool ended up with 22 total shots. I'm not sure how many they ended up with on target, but he uh that would be eight on target so i mean he will have his games he will have his moments where he where he shines and that save on the matip header off the corner was was something 
spectacular and, and it saved us from dropping all three points today. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, but then moving on, and, and, and more importantly, just a few short minutes after that, we have Dominic Haver-Lewin off of a really nice bit of build-up play. We get Dean in behind uh, Robertson on the flank, and he plays this really nicely lofted uh, high cross. And Calvert-Lewin, I mean, what did he have, like a 45-inch vert on that? He was, was way crazy. Up. He was way up there. He, his knees were like level with the center back's heads. And he just nods it into the corner like a just a truly clinical header when he's got three uh, Liverpool bodies around him. So continues his outstanding scoring run, as we alluded to at the beginning of the, the show. And we're level on 81 minutes, 82 minutes. And then I think it's safe to say, Ryan, that all hell kind of broke loose in the match. It was madness. Uh, I, I still am confused as to what was going on there. And we I mean, it looked like we might actually have a chance or two. And I mean, the. Right. I mean, we brought in Awobi, which I thought was a very strange sub, by the way. And again, everyone knows I love Alex Awobi, but I thought that was a strange sub. I would not have subbed off to Corey. I mean, maybe he wasn't feeling it. I, I, I just I thought that was very curious. But at that point, you already subbed Gilfion. So, you know, what, I don't know. It was very strange. But yeah, I mean, the whole Richarlison Tiago thing and the red card just killed us. And, and I, I just I don't know what to say about it because, yes, he went in hard. That was fine. But just at the last minute, he brings up the studs and you you have to give him the red card there and that just i it was kind of typical of richarlison i just thought he was a little bit off today in terms of his decision making you know and we had the awobi nice little move and and the set piece there deep and i i you know we had another corner before that too that i thought i guess the ball went out of bounds and i i really thought i'm not saying we would have if the red card hadn't happened but i i really thought we had a chance to steal it god that was just it was just disappointing. You know, I, I'm sure your heart sank the ways the way mine did. And, and then then things got really crazy. Yeah. And just before we get on to the, the VAR madness, I will say that Richarlison tackle. I mean, the play is when he goes in for the challenge, the play isn't dead. But between when he lands to slide and actually ends up making contact, the play is basically dead. Yep. It reminds me of Richarlison from early on last season. Just loses his head a little bit, gets a little too reckless. I think so far this season, for the most part, he's played really composed for the entire entire time he's on the pitch. He has. But this was just an example. I think he he got caught up in the heat of the moment, goes in on his his compatriot Tiago, and thank it seems like I know Tiago also was supposedly going to the hospital to get scans alongside Van Dyke. So I haven't heard any updates on that, but hopefully again nothing super serious because you could tell, I mean, he felt bad immediately after and also a little bit cheeky to kind of like roll around on the ground for 10 minutes to try to delay a red card. Yeah. And magically show up and, and play a ball later. I, I think the thing is at the very last minute, Richie put the stud up just, I mean, so I, he didn't yeah. hit him with that much force to be perfectly honest. I mean, watching it again, it is a red card. I'm not saying it isn't, but um, it, it looked like it might be just a horror tackle because he went in so hard but then he just, I mean, the ta- it was more of like a kind of a little tap kind of on the on the knee. I, I'm trying not to dismiss it and be like a total homer about it. But I mean, you know, when you when someone goes in to freaking take someone out. And I think he went in hard and just at the very last minute decided to make a swipe of the ball. And it was just reckless and stupid. But yeah, magically, Tiago found the composure to in the 92nd minute play. And I, I thought an unbelievable no look pass to Sadio Mane, who. 
you know, managed to come in and, and serve a ball low that Henderson shot. It, it wasn't the greatest shot. I think it would have been a really tough save by Pickford. And, and I think a lot of people, yeah, I I, Pickford is good at low balls. I, I think most, most big keepers aren't even going to touch that thing only for it to be justifiably ruled off sides. I mean, he was clearly off sides. <laughs> I saw the lines. I'm sure you did too. Well, the only thing I will say about it though, James, is that like the angle they kept showing on the TV, you look at and he's like, oh, he doesn't, I mean, he might be a little bit off there, but he doesn't really look off. Well, that's not the right angle. Like they, they right. showed an angle from about five yards in front of him. I mean, that wasn't right down the line. So that that's not the angle to look at and make any sort of sense with. So that irritates me. And they also froze it not right at the moment where the pass is coming off the foot too. So I, I, I'm sure they didn't do that intentionally. I mean, I wouldn't put it beyond the telecast. It is Liverpool. But, I, you know, I, look, and even even the league, you know, the, the head of officials, I think, came out afterwards and said, look, we reviewed it. He was off sides. So it wasn't like the league came out and apologized for it. So, look, I, I, I'm i sorry. I got to take him face face value that he was off sides. I will say this, though. Ben Godfrey, I think, in that moment was very interesting. He played it like he was a center back. Did you notice that? I mean, he kind of was inside. Yeah. And and I think I think if there was a right back out there, Seamus, they would have been out on Sadio Mane there. Even though he started from an offside position, I, I, re- I really think that was part of it. I don't blame him for that. You know what I mean? He's in it. We're playing a little bit deeper. We know we're uh, at 10 men. But I thought that was a very interesting thing to watch that and say, I wonder if he's a natural right back. He's on him because, you know, he had way too much space. The pass was great. It was a look away. It was a very effective pass. And you saw Tiago had some great passes throughout the match. But I Mm. got to wonder if that's that's the case. I mean, I, I don't know. Do we know enough? Could we tell whether that was really not offsides? Watching watching the watching the match live, I was certain that we were just going to have to accept another stoppage time gut-wrenching defeat to Liverpool. Terrible feel. And even on the replay, like showing it, the announcers were like, oh no, like why is this taking so long? He's clearly onside, clearly onside. And your point about the angle is interesting because also on the at the the beginning of the match in the, the Van Dyke ball, when they initially showed the camera angle, again, he looked like he was on side. Yeah. And then you see the true angle. He wasn't even close. Directly perpendicular. Yeah. It was way right. off. And so the angle, I think, doesn't do it justice. And I haven't seen an angle where he's clearly, clearly offside. But if he is, it's the finest of margins. And again, I'm not going to complain about a VAR decision going in our favor. But if you're a Liverpool fan, I mean, and they, of course, have been losing their heads all over the internet today and and for that it's glorious because <laughs> i love it i love to see them so mad they've been spoiled for 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 a long time at least the last three seasons obviously not prior to that so i have no problem with the call going our way but it, i just take issue with i mean it's such a fine margin and i guess the the correct call was ultimately made in the end but apparently we're going to get like a uh, FBI investigation into uh, the corrupt, yeah, <laughs> the corrupt FA because there's was all those uh, penalties they, they awarded us last year. I'm sure you know. Yeah, it's clearly right. us. Just the hypocrisy and the lack of self awareness just boggles the mind. It never ceases to amaze. So I'm not too upset. I don't feel bad for Liverpool fans, but and to see Jordan Henderson celebrate and have to like <laughs> in his post match comments saying that they bent the line, they bent the line to make him. Is offside. that what he said? Yeah, he's well. He didn't say. 
he said he said i think they bend the line sometimes so ever can get a yeah, draw yeah technological mastery jordan henderson the, the man who happened. flopped by just having someone tap him on the shoulder on international duty and also by the way how bad was his <laughs> flop when he got barely touched in the jaw by someone's shoulder and he went down like he was dead in the six oh my god they, this team dives so much Saudi Amani also almost karate kicked Dean at one point. I mean, look, these guys play fast, but they also do play reckless. So no one's going to have any sympathy on these guys when it comes to red cards and other things like that. But look, man, the head of the officials came out and said, we had a different angle. It was offsides. So tough. You know, sometimes the calls go right. Sometimes the calls go your way. And frankly, this is some indication that Carlo Ancelotti has enough respect that he'll actually get a call or two. Good. Good. Good to hear it. You know what? Because the refs gave us a heck of a lot more respect than uh, your Joker ownership and uh, sporting director mm. did in big picture this week. So um, there you go. Amen. Two for two for us Amen. this week. Uh, I will say this. I'd be remiss if we're thinking about initial reactions of the match. Uh, Jeff Thompson out there, his tweet I thought was perfect because I, I kind of said, hey, what do we think about that? And, you know, I was a little frustrated. I thought we could have played a lot better. But, you know, I think we take the result. His response was really, really happy. We have just pissed off every single red fan alive. They are all fuming, you know, <laughs> laugh, laugh. Uh, yeah, we didn't win. But honestly, this was never about winning for me. It was about competing. And we definitely did that. We were horrible, grotty and snide. And I bleeping loved it. And I have to admit, part of me. Yeah, there's a little of that there. I, I do hope, though, that we learn from this and, and you know, show, I, you know, we haven't played that many times together. And I hope we learn and, and tighten up a little bit because I, I, we can't come out the way we did in the first 20, 30 minutes, I don't think. I, I don't know. What's your kind of, what does it all mean like snapshot after the match, your reaction? Yeah, well, anyone who listened to the pre-match will know that I was uh, extremely bullish about the prospects of us taking all three points. So I'm not going to pretend like I didn't think that it was a possibility that we could win this game. But if you told me that we would get a draw, I also would have been happy with that because you think about it in the context of this season. Yeah, we beat Spurs away, but that was a Spurs team that I think have improved dramatically over the last several weeks. Uh, that may have been one of their worst showings of the season. And and we bossed them. But this was, besides that match, this was in, in a good Brighton side. And, and Palace were decent. But I think by f- Liverpool by far are the best team we've played so far this season. And, and we competed, as Jeff rightly said. We competed. We've played very hard. We had that little bit of grit about us. Some maybe questionable challenges, but that happens in the derby all the time. So to act like it's, you know, scandalous or sensate, like just it, it blows my mind that you could, after all of the the challenges that have gone on in the derby throughout the years, to say that this was anything dramatically out of the ordinary, uh, just reeks of a lack of self awareness. So that rubs me the wrong way. But it was a test. I think I wouldn't say we passed it, but we certainly didn't fail it. And I think it's a good indication of how we stack up against a a squad like Liverpool, who are, again, reigning champions of England. So if that's where we're at and we're getting outshot by them and we're going to get outpossessed, then so be it. I don't think anyone's saying that we're a better squad overall. I think we, we competed with them, and that shows that we can compete with anyone in this league. And that's the type of mentality that is so vital going into the rest of the season, knowing that we have the chance to win every single game. We may not be better than everyone, but we can at least rise to that level. And I'm taking, I'm, I'm feeling positive about it. We may not have deserved to win. We may have potentially been afforded uh, some 
good luck on the on the part of VAR and all those sorts of things. But it's hard not to to take to feel good as an Everton fan coming out of this match, and certainly Liverpool feel hard done by. Good for them. I hope that their their heads continue to fall off forever. Um, but let's move on and talk about you know some of the statistics, some of the individual performances. So the XG for this match, I think, kind of speaks to what we've been talking about the whole time. Liverpool two point six five, Everton one point three five. So Liverpool clearly created better chances. They had a, a number of big chances inside the the 12, 12 yard line, and you know we converted our chances and we're clinical. And that is so often a narrative of Premier League or global soccer matches where. You waste your chances, you get punished. Yeah, that's how it works, you know. And it was good to see our goalie got was a better performer than theirs, I think. Um, that was nice. Yeah. Pick deserves credit for that. Um, so I mean, I he was again, I, I still put him in the okay bucket, you know what I mean? Because did they call a red when he hits Virgil van Dyke? I really think re-seeing that again, I think it's very easy to go back to it and have a freeze frame and say that was an absolutely irresponsible, terrible tackle. But it wouldn't be the first time a goalie came out recklessly and was cut a break because he's a keeper and it's hard. But I, I think on the good, I mean, there probably weren't that many great performances, I would say. You know, we talked about Dom obviously scoring again. Uh, I, I was disappointed that we didn't use him as well as we maybe could have on the right side. I think that was a flaw. I still think it was there. Maybe that was on him. It's tough to see on TV sometimes, especially the way they do, they do the English matches whether his movement was off, you know, maybe the timing was bad too. I think Patty's the one who kind of called out Patty. Um, Patty Boylan mentioned that Luca Dean had, had a good match. I mean, three key passes. He had a dribble, seven clearances. I think that was tied with Yeri for the most. Um, he had a couple solid crosses too. And, and he won a bunch of balls in the air. One in particular, I remember kind of saved us when they had two guys kind of on the middle that, that could have been dangerous. And then, Hey, we have your namesake too, which he still, he still managed to produce. Even when being targeted, you know, Van Dyke puts in a nasty challenge on him. And you could you can tell that that's going to be a recurring theme this season. Teams are going to target yep. him because he's so, so influential. And it seems like every game he comes up with a handful of those just gorgeous right to left in the air or on the ground, curling through balls that just would never, ever have happened in Everton teams of years gone by. And he had several today. Some good crosses again. He got ended up with an assist, so he continues to be directly impacting our our goal scored. Took an, an, an ambitious shot that uh, Adrian made a good save on. Was despite the lack of pace, and I thought he tracked back really well. Did a, did a decent job on the defensive side of the ball as well, which not something that we know that he's capable of, but not something I think he gets uh, lauded for very often. Yeah, when he settled in, he did. I mean, I, I think he was a bit out of sorts, just like everybody else was early, but it wasn't for lack of effort and not willing to put the foot in. Right, exactly. And Dean, I mean, again, with the assist, he continues to be, for the last, since he debuted in an Everton shirt, continues to be consistent, solid as a rock on both sides of the ball. And just thankful that that knee and knee uh, knock that he picked up with France on international duty ended up not being too serious and he was able to play. Yeah, and then I, I thought... I thought the kegger, I thought Keane had a, had a, he had a tough, yeah. he had a tough job. You know, he, he actually passed the ball pretty well out of the back. He's been really good with that recently. He, he kept it simple. He didn't turn the ball over as much. He had the goal. He deserves credit for that too. I thought Allen eventually settled in. I mean, you know, a couple of the fouls early, it was just typical of our whole setup. Um, it looked like Carlo made a slight adjustment to almost play, you know, four, one, four, one, I think for a while in the second half. And I think that settled us down. He ended up with, four tackles. And I mean, look, when he had the ball, 
he, I mean, he's awfully good at kind of picking up the garbage when, you know, a tackle happens or a loose ball and, and took care of it really well. I mean, we talked, you know, at first he brings good possession and he had that. And then, you know, we talked about Pickford. You know, I, I think then you got to kind of – DeCorey was okay. I mean, he had a couple moments, but he wasn't amazing. The sub was strange. Neither of the subs made any impact. I mean, Gilfie barely touched the ball. But, you know, I got to quote USA Toffee guy. His, I think he summed it up pretty well for kind of the bad. Gomes needs to sit. Weak link of the midfield and killed. Killed. That's, that's kind of harsh. Several promising <laughs> opportunities like they're dead. Uh, with overhit balls. Oh, God, the one overhit ball he almost put in. Ugh. Or hosp- uh, hospital passes. Jeez. I mean, he was killing people, other people, or he's getting killed. This is not a guy you want on the field of battle. Um, still not sold on Amina Keen, co- you know, a center back combo. One needs to sit in the other partner with Holgate or Godfrey. And I, I think that's a really good point. I probably underestimated, looking back on it, the inability of Keen and Mina to deal with the quickness and the movement of those three guys. Because, look, none of those three yeah. guys are going to be dangerous in the air. You know what I mean? And yeah, it got us a goal in a set piece, but really, yeah, it's not a good, it's not a good matchup. You know, I think about how well Holgate played in the last match at Goodison, you know, last year, wrapping it up after COVID. He, he's the guy that you really need to deal with most a lot. You know what I mean? And it just, right. And you look at, I mean, Mina first goal, I thought he was a little bit out in space. It's tough. The second goal, he's got to do better. He had seven clearances, but he had a couple bad passes. I mean, I appreciate the fact that he has the courage to bring the ball up and show some composure against pressure. He is good with the ball. He has good touch on it. Um, but, you know, he wasn't great. Gomez, I mean, dear Lord, he was dispossessed twice. Two terrible plays. Uh, missed a couple passes. Two bad touches. Four fouls, including the the high kick. And then we talked about Richarlison. I mean, God, you know, I just, you know, we just didn't take, the, take care of the ball all that well. I, I think that's... I mean, did I miss someone kind of the bad department? No, I mean, I think, you know, the first quarter of the game, you could say anyone was was bad. Yeah. But I think I would I'm hesitant to put to in the bad category and you alluded to it. But I just think he was more anonymous, like he had a couple moments, but it, he really struggled to like make him make an impact like he has so many times in, in matches this season. Yeah, he just kind of, you know, Gomez stuck out like a sore thumb, especially in the first half where he was downright bad. But Decore just kind of didn't do a whole lot noteworthy. And yeah, I think Mina, a bit harsh to blame him for for the goal, but he still probably should do better. And to your point about the center back, or I guess USA Toffee guy's point about the center backs, it's clear that we do need that balance between speed and, and power and height. Certainly against these guys, we do. And this type yes. of team. Yeah, I, I agree. Right. Against some of the lower league teams that maybe want to put a lot of long balls in and that sort of stuff. Keen Amina can clean that up all day. But when you're looking at dynamic passing teams that want to slice and dice you, that's where the the speed comes in. And, you know, the shout to maybe play Godfrey alongside him, I think is probably a little premature just because obviously he's not going to make his full debut in a, in a Derby when he's just come into the team. But with what we saw today with his pace, with his power, I think he's a viable option to partner with, with either of those guys, depending on who's in, in better form. And you'd be hard pressed to argue against Michael Keane right now. I mean, he's on quite a run rate at the moment. And who needs a break, really? I mean, those big guys take a beating. I mean, we we kind of forget that sometimes. You know, they do. So, James, man of the match. Man of the match. You're up. Oh, all right. I'm going to go with, I got to go with Hamas, my namesake, (laughs) the man. He continues to amaze, dazzle, 
adapt to the Premier League very rapidly is probably the most the most mild way you could possibly say it. He's the th- the the straw that stirs the drink of Everton at the moment, and he makes most of the good things that happen. He has some kind of hand in. Uh, you could make a shout for Michael Keane. You could make a shout for for Calvert Lewin with the goal. And though Calvert Lewin didn't have the most impactful performance, he does pop up in those key spots and and defines games with his goal scoring. So. Uh, but but I'm going with Hamas. What about you? Yeah, I'll go with Hamas too. I, I the thing is, you kind of had three stars. I mean, I think Dom deserves credit. Um, he he wasn't as good early uh, aerial wise, but he settled in later and he wore them out a little bit. Uh, obviously, Virgil Van Dyke not being part of the match makes a big difference, you know. Uh, and Luca Dean deserves a shout too. But I mean, I, I think it does make you a little nervous though because you watch Hamas and you're like god how are we so reliant on this one guy as a creative force but then you kind of forget that Richarlison has been awfully creative and dangerous you know what I mean or in some of the other matches as well so I think that's about all the time we have again here at the American Toffee Podcast we'll be with you next time exploring the legal ramifications of Liverpool's charges against Jordan Pickford let's hope he can stay out of the slammer until then though we wish you all a good night a good rest of your weekend and up the toffees thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast Come join our Discord community at invite.gg/atp and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod.